Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. And I'm going to take you on a journey of rich storytelling through our now 40-year rich history. And I invite you to sit back and listen to these eccentric stories. But don't forget to take a few notes along the way because these eccentric stories are going to have tricks and tips to get you to that line come summer. So sit back, enjoy, and then we'll see you at home. We'll see you in Leadville. Okay, Leadville family, here it is Wednesday and I'm releasing a podcast. Why? Well, I told you yesterday, but in case you need a refresher, we've got Angela and Nath. We just did a great interview with her and how Leadville found her, but now we're covering what her experience at the Leadville Trail 100 mountain bike race was like in 2022 and what her plans are for women cycling in the future. So please sit back and enjoy Angela's race day with me. Okay, Angela, when we last spoke of when Leadville found you, you said it was crewing for a friend during the Leadville Trail 100 mountain bike race. Now, having experienced the Leadville Trail 100 mountain bike race for yourself, what can you say about the experience? Oh my gosh, it was a day. (laughs) I mean, that's the way to best explain it, but it was fantastic. It put me through so much challenge mentally and physically. Out of all the Ironmans that I've done in races, by far, this one pushed me to limits that um, I never have been to in terms of the mental capacity. Just, you know, climbing up Columbine and seeing how much farther I had to go. It just was (laughs) outside of my world of triathlon, uh, so much so that, I mean, I definitely want to come back, but when I was out there... I was I was on the brink of crying. <laughs> so it was it was a day. <laughs> well, you weren't alone. I definitely shed my own tears out there that day, but we absolutely love uh your statement about Iron Man and we actually have that comment a lot from Iron Men and Iron Women, so <laughs> the more we get, the better we feel. Uh, now, what was race morning like for you? What what was your pre-race morning routine? Yeah, um, friends and I, we stayed out um, just outside um, of Leadville in Copper. Okay. And so the drive was pretty easy. And then uh, we actually have friends of friends that live in Leadville. So we were able to park quite close to the start of the race. And it was fantastic. So it was really low-key. Um, you know, the great thing I love about, about any type of bike race or event, you don't have to prep so much. Whereas in an Ironman, you have to, you know, prep your bike, prep your swim, prep all your transition zones. So just like being able to ride up to the start and having the corrals was awesome. Um, I was the first corral, so that was quite nice. And the start of the race was fantastic. You know, you're, you're in your corral and, and there's people everywhere and then there's cheering and then there's people on the, on the PA system. It's just fantastic. It's a great, great energy. And so I felt pretty calm at the start of the race because I knew it was going to be a super long day. And I was so grateful for the, uh, for the corrals because it wasn't bunched up as much as I've been in previous races. I don't Uh know how it's been before, but it was, it was great. It was a great start to the day. 
Definitely. Well, and I remember last time we spoke, you were very timid about what the start was yes. going to be like. And actually, I would have assumed even one corral would be pretty similar <laughs> to what some of those triathlons would be like had you been mm-hmm. more together. So definitely mm-hmm. love your your uh, thoughts on that. I'd actually really love if you'd take a good bit of time and just take us through your entire race day start to finish. Yeah, definitely. So the start of the race is all kind of starting downhill on pavement. So it was pretty quick, but everyone seemed pretty calm for the start of the race. I mean, you had a few people way out there, but it wasn't it wasn't crazy. And so the energy was awesome. We all kind of pushed together and then we got into the dirt part um, and climbed a bit. And that was kind of really, really awesome. Um, myself and, um, Isabel King were together, which Mm -hmm. is another, um, elite rider. And it was just, it was fantastic. The first climb is, is nice because it doesn't cause a lot of technical aspects, um, throughout the entire ride ride and then you go down St. Keys, I believe. And yeah. I could be getting my names wrong. No, you're getting but it's them right. all pavement. And so that's a super fast descent. And then you're climbing up again. And um power line was great. Um I felt good for those first those those first two climbs. Yeah. And then we got into the flat section, which was great. I put um I put arrow bars on my bike. So that was super <laughs> fun uh during that time. But but actually on power line I crashed. And so I got into a group of about eight to 10 men and we were going really, really well, but the descents down power line had some waterways that were kind of washed through like yeah. a bunch of divots. And I knew I was crashing. I got caught into it. And so I just kind of rolled off my bike. Um, but that was fine. But I, but it kind of warned me like Angela, don't go past <laughs> your limits of, <laughs> of technical know-how on a mountain bike. And so from there, there was a little bit of um, single track and then back onto the flats uh, before um, uh, before I got to my cruise station. And it was really fun because you get into this cruise station at mile 40 and you see all the tents and everyone's there and you're cheering and it's just a good break. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I decided to use um, hydration packs. So I had a hydration pack on and then when I got to my crew, I changed up my hydration pack grab some some more fuel and stuff, and then you start the climb to Columbine. Out of curiosity, how much water did you have in your packs? Uh, Each pack had three water bottles. Okay. Yeah, so I had that. Um, And that was was actually really, really good. I I tend to drink a ton, and um, just because it's so dry at altitude, it was really nice to have have that ability to carry that much. I know Uh it was heavy on the climbs, but... I would rather have water than not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so the climb up Columbine was great. And then we started progressing. And then halfway through, some of the pro male riders were descending down. And they were going so crazy fast. I was like, wow, this is <laughs> this is nuts. Because we're right, like, like some of us are climbing. And then these guys are descending down, like, like an insane speed. And right. I was like, well, it just kind of blew my mind at that point. And it got steeper and steeper and steeper. And then we get to the point where, you know, you're on this, this, this trail where it's super rocky. I can hardly climb my bike up because it's technical and there's just so many riders. And then some of us are walking, some of us are climbing on the bikes and 
you know, I walked a, a lot during Columbine and there were times I would look up and you would just see ants <laughs> and they were people basically uh-huh. climbing up this, this, this mountain. And I, it just overwhelmed me. I was like, I was beside myself for how, how technical Columbine was. Cause I just never expected it to get that steep. Uh-huh. And we had riders descending down so fast beside <laughs> us. And I was, I, w- I was like, how the hell am I going <laughs> to do this? <laughs> Well, and where were you on yeah. the mountain when Keegan first passed by? Oh gosh, I was I was quite low on the mountain actually. I was still climbing, um, probably at mile forty six, forty seven, and okay. and he was already descending. I mean, uh-huh. it was nuts. It was crazy. <laughs> um, the the last two miles, kind of of Columbine, where it's quite steep, and and you're on that kind of not a single track, but it's just a two lane like trail. Basically yeah. people are descending down and you're going up. That just was hard. And I just kept telling myself, just get to the top, get to the top, get to the top. Once I got to the top, I knew I didn't want to bonk on the way down. So it was awesome because you had an aid station up there. And so I took maybe four gels from the aid station all at once. Um, and I was like, okay, just take the descent you know, safe. And right. it actually was a great descent. It was a super fast descent. It was super fun. I think that was probably the most fun I had on a, on a descending part of the bike. Um, it just was so much fun. And, you know, I got technical to like more of the smoother switchbacks and oh, it was, it, it was fun. And it was fun all the way back to um, the SAG support and crew station. And so that's at mile 60 mm-hmm. and Again, I, at that point, I, I, I was just, you know, I was ready for the 40 miles coming back in. I switched my hydration pack, stuffed my face with the <laughs> Snickers and started going. Power line or pipeline to power line was hard. I mean, that was steep. I, I had no idea how steep it was. And again, I had to walk some, um, <clears throat> the descent down power line back into towards St. Keeves. Uh-huh. That actually mentally broke me. It was just so technical. I was probably tired, lacking some calories, and it just it was it was because it's quite um quite rocky. Yeah. And it's 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 much more technical than I'm used to. And so it just that area took me a long time. And energy wise, you know, when you're not used to mountain biking, you really gotta be full on and, and focused and it, it just takes a lot out of you. So you don't, uh, and then of course the climb up back <laughs> St. Keeves was, was a grinder and you're just hoping to get back to the finish line. And I, and, and it was funny, I could see my clock on my Garmin and it was, it was getting close to the nine hour mark and that was my goal. Uh-huh. And it, and it, and it actually auto paused a few times. Um, so I didn't quite know my time time but I was close and so we had like three miles left of the course and I had no idea (laughs) like it was terrible I I thought it was all road back to the finish line and then all of a sudden we go off road and we go back (laughs) back to trail I'm like oh my gosh that almost broke me too um but I ended up finishing in 907 so it was close but but not quite the goal that I wanted but um now it has me wanting to come back but it was it was a crazy day in for sure. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get more back to the end part of that, but were there any yeah. parts of the course that you underestimated? I mean, it definitely sounds like Columbine. maybe, a, yeah. The top of Columbine, <laughs> okay. I had no clue. 
And then just the steepness of, of um, power line coming back up. I, I just didn't realize it was that steep. Okay. Well, so while we're down that road, and you mentioned a little bit on Columbine, but where, so where did you walk? Um, it was probably like the last three to four miles in certain parts where it was pretty steep and you're really close to the, to the guys that are descending. Yeah. Um, so, so during that period, I would, I would walk maybe a hundred feet, get back on my bike. And then maybe it was a little bit too slippy and slidey on the rocks. And so I'd get off again. Um, so it was kind of back and forth all the way up the last few miles of, of Columbine. Okay. Now then coming back up Sugarloaf and Powerline, were you able to yeah. clear that or did you bail out there too? Um, I bailed out a little bit there too. <laughs> I, I definitely, and it was funny because I think if you just needed a little extra push or maybe if I had an extra gear on my bike, it would have been fine because walking is actually way more difficult than riding. <laughs> um, physically, like my heart rate is still up there and I would much rather be on the bike than walking in mountain bike shoes <laughs> so okay so some more of your problem was the slipping over the yeah you know on the ability to want to stay on or... yeah and i think you know coming from a non-mountain biking background that's just practice on a mountain bike and so uh -huh. you know i i i am definitely prepared next year to come early and and really ride the course and 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 get more skills specific to the race so i'm pretty excited about that actually okay and being new to mountain biking would you say that it was actually a good crossover race for a roadie or do you feel like i was really fibbing to you on that point i think it was perfect you know it was technical enough that you get some really big challenges you know i've heard from some people that are mountain bikers that it was more it felt like like um like a gravel ride, a mountain bike. I'm like, there, no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that I could ride a gravel bike on that entire course. And I don't think anyone really could. I mean, possibly for sure. Some people could, but a mountain bike is to me required to just for comfort. I mean, I had a hardtail and I felt it was, it was perfect, you know? Right. Um, so definitely. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those little tires and those descents just don't mix. No, no way. <laughs> like you hit one rock and I mean, it's just there's a lot of rocks it, on it, some of that. So. Yeah, it'll just shred your equipment. It's not, it's, it's yeah. more of an issue like that. And then there is definitely a, a, a toll on the going downhill with that thing. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. Well, so like, what about last time we also talked about a couple of groups you started like race, like a girl and gritty, like a girl. Mm -hmm. Did you meet up with any of, of those racers while you were out there? Or did you get to talk yeah, to any of them about yeah, there their was experience? There a few that did, um, some of the gals were out there for steamboat. So they came over to watch Leadville. And so there was a few, uh, cheering me on it was so much fun because so girls get gritty is the gravel team and uh -huh. i race like a girl is the triathlon team and so a lot of them cross over and do both and we have some really bright kits and <laughs> and gear and so throughout the course it was so awesome because they just 
like you can spot them anywhere and they're cheering <laughs> and took pictures. And I actually was so grateful because I got so many different pictures of me out there and was able to post on social about it. And so, um, it was really fun because I always, I always meet more and more people on the team. I, I don't know everybody on the team cause we yeah. are quite large and you get to meet them throughout the country. And, um, it's, it's just fun because we all just love to ride bikes and, and push ourselves and challenge ourselves. And you get to meet all these amazing women and, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. So, well, that's, that's really cool. I mean, uh, talk about a pre-race experience, uh, mm-hmm. and the vibes coming off them. Uh, is that something you'll think you'll try to grow in the future? Yes. Especially in the gravel side. Um, it's just, it's just such a fun way to do these races and events, you know, like a lot of the times, people want to do these races but if they don't have a husband or a wife or a partner coming or um you know family there it's it's sometimes intimidating if you've never actually been to the races like um so having groups and having people that you can meet there it's it's just fantastic and you know I just love to get more people on bikes it's 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 a way of life for me I love it it's fun um it's the best way to, to experience the world <laughs> if you want to challenge yourself. And so just being able to build these communities, um, uh, is, is just a really fun opportunity for me and help just people to challenge themselves. I mean, it really, it, it motivates me as a racer to help others get out there because it's just, it's just fantastic. It's a, it's a great feeling. Well, for sure. And I always feel kind of like that, technology side of things is probably what's a little intimidating to women but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are are you starting to see growth in these groups do you see quick growth because it kind of seems like it it is catching gravel especially is kind of grabbing hold of women a little better and it seems like that should now start to matriculate to the mountain bike but what are you seeing so definitely like there's there's huge growth a lot of my triathlete friends are looking for the next challenge or things that they have never experienced. And so Leadville and, and all these different types of gravel races um, are just a great opportunity to, to pursue that, you know? And I think, I think being able to see Leadville as an opportunity in a race that, that is not too technical, but a, an amazing challenge is, is where I think you're going to find some growth. And that's my goal after doing this race. I'm like, we we can get more women to do this race. I know we can. Well, I love that attitude. I think we all mm-hmm. do. You know, as I said last time, Leadville is founded on the backs of strong women. So it's just great to see them excel on that course, especially. Um, Definitely, yeah. On Definitely. to some more important stuff. I'm sure you have a huge trophy case, but what's going to happen with that silver and gold <laughs> buckle? Well, I have the small buckle, so right now it's just it's it's just uh, on my mantle. But um, <laughs> there's space for a big buckle there that I'm I'm going to like just ingrain in my head that it's going to be there next year. <laughs> yeah, so we've got seven twenty six to shave off. That's so, right. So you're we'll you're back. coming back. You're trying to yeah. take that yeah. off, huh? Yeah. Okay. So uh, on that mindset. <clears throat> What would you change with your training in order to help get that big buckle? 
Uh, definitely more training on the mountain bike. I didn't do hardly <laughs> any on there for technical aspects. I, um, your so schedule probably doesn't one. allow it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would definitely spend more time on the mountain bike. I, I would love to come up to Colorado earlier. So I would love to do the three-part series of your race um, the two weeks prior to the actual Big Leadville event. And then just stay at altitude, maybe not as high as Leadville, but go down to Denver, Colorado, um, or Boulder area, and mm-hmm. then come back up for the race. And just really fo- focus on um, those two events so that you can kind of get ready for Leadville um, and prep yourself within the terms of the altitude. Because I think um, that would that was a barrier as well, obviously, coming from... Um, the Cape in Bo- outside of Boston, you know, we're totally oh. at sea level. So it's a big change. <laughs> oh, for sure it is. But I think your, your thoughts are spot on, you know, that either we get so many racers either come out for mm-hmm. that stage race or camp and it just provides such valuable knowledge, but yeah. Oh, 100%. And, the, and mm-hmm. then that altitude for people like you is, yeah, that's also something that's very hard to get without like a oxygen chamber or something. Exactly. Exactly. What about your nutrition? How did that work throughout the day? And is that something that you would change or keep the same? I would keep my nutrition the same. So I I based it like I do with my Ironman. So I had a ton of gels and sports drink and salt um i for me that's kind of all i need i did have a snickers as i was saying at mile 60 um so i probably do the exact same nutrition maybe carry a few bars in case but i felt great um in terms of nutrition and the fact that there was so many um options for aid stations from the race itself i may not have to carry as much as well so um i mean there was an aid station probably i don't know every 20 miles or so and it was, it was awesome because even up at the top of Columbine, you know, p- people are handing out gels and uh, just having that, that helps me because then I don't have to carry as much. So for sure, if anything, I'll carry a little less and rely more on the race support for sure. Okay. Now, did you use any solid food at all? No, not at all. Okay. Nope. Okay. Now, what about everything else? How was your gear is there a piece of gear that having done the race now you'd suggest you should always have? Did you not worry about anything yeah, like that? I I felt really good. I had, um, I mean, I had a hardtail. I don't know my gearing off the top of my head, but if I had one more easier gear, <laughs> I think I would like that. Okay. Um, and otherwise, I felt like I had a pretty good setup. I loved having the arrow bars. Not that I use them a lot, but just having the ability to change position on the flats a little bit uh-huh. um, and the roads, just it kind of helps me relax my back, especially coming from a non-mountain bike background. Uh-huh. Um, so that that was really nice. Um, yeah, I don't think I would change much. You know, I, I don't have a lot of experience on mountain biking, so maybe if I, I looked at what was out there and talked to my mechanic a bit more on, on, on different options, but I didn't have any back issues or... Or anything so um, I just need to get more time on that bike okay 
Well, I got to say, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you. Um, It was a whole lot of fun getting to race with you, even though I had a lot of issues and was very near the back the whole time. Uh, But before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share? Um, if you have not experienced Leadville, you need to do it. <laughs> it is a bucket list race. Um, I knew when I saw it the first time and I crewed a few years ago, I'm like, this is, this is something I want to do. And now that I've done it, it's, it's an experience and it's, it truly is a good crossover. And I believe anyone can do that race. You just have to prep a little bit and, and, and kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Um, but it's not, it's not too technical that a non-mount biker could not do it. So check it out. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I'd like to add, if you believe in you, we believe in you. And come on out because we'd love to see you. (laughs) Angela, I can't thank you enough. It's been so fun catching up. We can't wait to see you come back next year and cheer you on. And thank you very much. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Leadville family. If you can't hear the excitement in Angela's voice between her first and second interview, then you don't understand the magic that Leadville has to offer, and there's nothing else to do but come visit us. Uh, We hope you enjoyed what you've heard. We hope that you look forward to what's coming from Angela, and if you're a woman cyclist, you know, we hope you go get involved. Definitely, she's up to some great things with these clubs that she's started. Uh, Gritty Like a Girl sounds right up the alley of our audience, so I hope that if that's something that interests you, you go and check it out. Uh, Please also don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. And once again, we can't wait to see you at home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville.